I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COB is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 15th of June. I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with uh, David Scott. Scotty, how are you doing? I'm very well and I'm pleased to be here with you. Unfortunately, it's not a very good day for investors. You know it's a bad day when the market closes at the lows of the day, which is exactly what happened here. We saw some pretty big moves being made in the latter part of the session. Mm. Uh, I was just elsewhere across the region, I was just reflecting, not Australia, but realistically concerns about uh, outbreaks of uh, no coronavirus around other major economies, most notably in Asia, uh, in Beijing, in China. And that has really rattled markets. You know, I was just before we came in here to go and record this, I was just having a quick look at what the uh, Chinese UN, the currency is doing there. Uh, it's getting hit pretty bad against the US dollar of all things, which of course is dealing with their own uh, outbreak of, uh, of new cases down south. And we did have a Fed speaker, Kaplan, coming out and saying, look, the pace and the speed of this economic recovery is completely dependent on how well the openings are executed, essentially, and how the health risks are managed going forward. And he essentially said, when it comes to the states, it's really being done piecemeal. All areas are not doing as well as uh, you know, could be hoped, and comparatively speaking. And so that certainly doesn't inspire confidence, does it? Not at all, nor does it uh, give you confidence about a potential V-shaped economic recovery. No, we have, uh, no, the health risks are obviously at the forefront of investors' minds here. We've been rallying for months on this premise that easy money and uh, a V-shaped recovery will go and mean that everything returns to normal for investment returns uh, within you know, quarters rather than years. Now, if you start having poor health outcomes, and then you have to see the introduction of lockdown measures again in these uh, major economies, and let's just forget, it's not just China and, and the United States. Uh, we've also had you no know, outbreak cases increases in Japan, in Tokyo, uh, other regional hubs as well in South Korea. So this is a, a story where we're seeing reopening of the economy, and all of a sudden, we're seeing quite a large lift. Now, that was to be expected to a certain point. But I just wonder how much it had been discounted by the markets that there would be a really big resurgence in cases. Well, because it all depends on what the market's focused on. The liquidity, the massive stimulus, the massive um, monetary stimulus that's being put into the economies. Uh, you know, but still, a lot comes back to the consumers. And if consumers aren't feeling good, it's going to take a long time. Hey, how do you think, if at all, the China data that came out today played into particularly you know, the Australian session? Look, it had a very minor impact, I've got to be honest. Obviously, usually it would attract quite a bit of attention, but that's not where the area of focus is today. Look, I thought the numbers were okay. There's clearly signs that we're seeing a resurgence in public or state-backed uh, infrastructure investment. We saw that steel, uh, steel output compared to a year earlier, I think was up 4.2% or so. That was an acceleration from basically flat in the previous month. So there's definitely signs that that, uh, that uh, state machine is starting to go and rev up again. 
but the retail sales figures were still weak, they were still negative, they were still worse than what the market was expecting. And the brutal honesty is that consumption, like every other major economy around the world, is the biggest part of the Chinese economy. And if you're not getting that growing rapidly, uh, after recovery, all the stimulus we've put in place, then it's a concern. It is a concern. As far as the local market went, just to recap, you know, consumer discretionary stocks fell the most. Energy was pressured. The banks were lower by about 2.5% overall. Westpac was the worst performer there. And yeah, if you look to the Dow futures, for example, Scotty, pointing to a pretty big slump tonight, pointing to a decline of about 3.6% tonight. Yeah, so That's well over 1,000 points in the eye and then the other metric of uh, measuring it. So that's a big move. That's getting up to the realms of what we saw on Thursday last week. Obviously, we saw the bounce on Friday in the US, but I don't think anyone was really game enough to say, well, that's it, over and done with one session. Bang, we've gone and sold. Now, now it's the path higher again. Uh, I suspect that a lot of people are concerned not only about these increase of cases, uh, but I think it's about the increase of cases after such a dramatic rally in risk assets that we're seeing around the world. Certainly so. Uh, there is not a great deal of economic data on the horizon tonight. We do have uh, Fed speaker, but what will we be looking to through this overnight session in particular? I believe the retail sales report is out in the United States, so that will give some kind of claim. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I believe that the retail sales report is out in the US tonight. And if we are looking to a focal point for this session to come, there's not big economic data out in the U.S. study. There's the U.S. Empire Manufacturing Index for the month of June. But again, we're expecting it to lift. However, you know, putting these moves in perspective to just the extent of the falls that we have seen through the midst of this pandemic. Yes, I'd be really surprised if we get any meaningful reaction. The, the data would have to be spectacular. Obviously, Empire State is New York State. Uh, giving us a read of what's going on there. But like anything, I think people are looking forward as they normally do in markets. Uh, and obviously the, uh, the center of attention now is what's going on with, uh, with COVID uh, and the increase in cases and whether that continues, we'll get updated figures, no doubt. Uh, if that shows another increase, then well, it could be really nasty. Tonight. Okay, so it is COVID, it is news headlines, a very headline driven market tonight. We've talked about a lot of the pain on the Australian market today, there was one company that did outperform. There's a few, but one company we'll talk about that outperformed was Appen. Appen finished the session up by about half a percent. It is the stock of the day. Macquarie initiated coverage with an outperform rating and a $38 price target. Lennox Capital was out in the press today saying that it is a misunderstood company. We spoke with Gaurav Sodi from The Intelligent Investor for his view. We've had a look at this, um, and I agree that it was completely misunderstood early on. It was misunderstood in the fact that people called it a tech stock, and it absolutely was not. It's, it's really a supplier of raw data sets rather than a software or a technology business in its own right. But because a lot of the presentations had um, things like, you know, really sexy words like uh, um, machine learning and AI written all over them, I, I think it just got swept up and um, we got given a tech multiple, even though I question its tech credentials. Now, I think management was really quick to pick up on that and they've been really clever. So they've actually used a crazily priced equity to go out and buy some real proper software tech businesses. And I, and I really like the things that they've bought. And mm -hmm. I think um, it's actually now morphing into the myth that it always started with. 
Um, so it's a strange example of a business that was misunderstood and then it has gone out on to actually become the thing that the market had originally mistaken it for. So that there's a good quality business in there. It's just uh, smaller than I think everyone thinks. About. That's a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it is not a value stock. Let's put it that way. It's never a value stock from day one, and it must uh, hurt Gaurav to see that share price go up. He is right. What, what was originally there, I think the market, uh, the early players had the foresight to see what it could be. Yep. But the question was, can they execute to become what it, were, what it could be? And they've actually done pretty well. Mm. They've done uh, what you want them to do. It's actually been pretty good execution. Uh, but is it as good as what is being prized? So that was Nathan Samasandram from Blue Ocean Equities finishing off thoughts on Appin, which did have a positive session. But just to reiterate, I mean, we saw Australian shares losing 2.2%, closing at the lows of the day, losing ground for a third straight session, renewed concerns about the severity and the length of the coronavirus downturn. Uh, but listen, we finished the day, Scotty, by talking to Julia Lee from Berman Invest, and she's saying if there's another day of selling, she's quite ready to buy. Of course, these sell-downs do offer opportunities to those who are positioned to gain and to really leverage those opportunities. And we spoke with BlackRock's head of fundamental active equities, Charlie Lanchester, and he said that, look, this is one of the biggest sharpest downturns and you know recoveries that he's seen in his you know entire career he says that habits have changed and the economy will change and that it's just a really good time for fundamental active investment so it's a good time to pick those companies that when we come out of this will thrive and potentially get better if you'd like to listen to that interview you can access it via the show notes or on our website as usual so here in Australia tomorrow, as far as events go, we've got the RBA Monetary Policy Meeting minutes that uh, are being released at 11.30 a.m. Scotty, I feel like I can read your mind sometimes. Can I be so bold as to say you're going to be looking out for any commentary around the Aussie? I will be, but whether it's actually going to be market moving is another thing. Obviously, the big uh, thing that a lot of people uh, talked about when the actual monetary policy statement was released was the lack of anything about the Australian dollar. Everyone will be scouring the minutes to go and see whether the RBA goes and actually mentions the Aussie dollar within that document. But even if they do sound a little bit twitchy about its level, uh, the Aussie dollar's fallen about 3% plus, I think, from the, uh, from the recent highs. So it's not yesterday's news, but it's pretty much as good as. Uh, so I'm not expecting there'll be too much reaction. There rarely is nowadays when the minutes are released. We will be talking with Stephen Helmerich. He is Chief Economist of the Commonwealth Bank about just that at about 9.40am. Hope you can join us. For that, we'll be speaking with Melinda Salento. She's the CEO of CETA, so she'll be giving us her key takeaways from today's State of the Nation digital forum. And the news that we got today that the government is looking to fast-track projects, infrastructure projects, importantly, to stimulate the economy. And if you like a bit of deep tech, join us for Mike Zimmerman. He's a partner at Main Sequence Ventures. He'll be walking us through some of those names and some of the opportunities there. Thank you, Scotty, for a great day. As always, thank you. Thank you for listening and a huge thanks to Capstream. You can get more information on Capstream in your episode notes or by visiting capstream.com. Let's do it all again tomorrow. Sounds good to me. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.